0: Listening to Motherhood in Black and White. Hello, podcast family. Welcome to Motherhood in Black and White. My name is Kanji. I'm Tara. And we are so appreciative of the fact that you decided to join us for this conversation this week. This week, we are going to talk about the international phenomenon that has taken over many a household, including my own, Squid Game and how we can determine as parents what is appropriate television for our children. Now Tara, I had not realized that Squid Game is the most watched television show in the history of the Netflix streaming platform. And the most recent statistics showed that two out of every three households had watched this series including, unbeknownst (laughs) to my husband and me, our 12-year-old son in our house. Oh, really? Yeah, it was downloaded and watched by Roman all nine episodes. Oh,
1: wow. So you're one of the two out of three. It's crazy, the timing on this, because this week, I got an email from Gage's teacher, and the subject line was squid game. And it was a short little note about apparently a lot of students in his class are talking about Squid Game. Uh, He references the fact that it's rated TV MA, So not everybody's at that level watching those shows. And it was essentially kind of like, I know it's hard to police what they're doing or watching, but please remind your students that not everybody's watching the same level of media. We're not all ready for those levels. And so we don't need to be talking about it in school, basically. It was enough of a phenomenon that my kid's fifth grade teacher had to email me to tell me, like, hey, they're talking about this, so put it on your radar. To every parent yeah. in the classroom. Yeah, got this email.
0: Right. And this television show is, like you said, rated TVMA for mature audiences only. Mm-hmm. But this phenomenon has happened where a whole bunch of
1: kids yes. are watching it. Yes.
0: For us, what happened was the week it came out and it was released in the United States, we noticed that our son had accessed my husband's Netflix account and had downloaded Squid Game. Mm -hmm. We didn't know what it was until a couple of days afterwards when we saw like, oh, everyone has been watching Squid Game. Mm -hmm. We hadn't seen it. So my husband downloaded it and watched the first episode. He came to me and he said, Conj, We got to talk to our kid. This is inappropriate. So, so we wanted to have this conversation today to talk about A, why Squid Game is so popular. Mm -hmm. Um, B, if it is age appropriate for a fifth grader like Gage, Mm -hmm. a seventh grader like my son Roman, or for anybody at all. (laughs) And then have a little bit of a conversation about how we as parents can start to monitor and understand this new reality of accessibility and availability of TV shows, even when there are parental guidelines attached to them. Right, absolutely. So let's take a moment to talk about Squid Game. Did you end up
1: watching it? I only watched, so the funny story there is, it's unexpected that I am one of the households that has not watched Squid Game. (laughs) Listen, Netflix. You have single handedly <laughs> kept
0: Netflix in business the last three years. This is her.
1: true, but not. I'm not here for Squid Game. So, but because I'd heard about it and I knew it was a big topic, I watched the first two episodes just so I could understand whatever I was talking about. Especially, you know, getting that email and being curious. So, I watched the first two episodes. And just to give it context, mm-hmm. so Squid Game is a TV series,
0: a limited TV series streaming on Netflix Mm -hmm. that was imported from South Korea. Correct. And it has um, subtitles as well as dubbed over. Uh Dubbing, yes. So it's subtitled and dubbed over in English. And the premise is that some of the contestants of this game are in dire financial straits, Mm -hmm. right? A bunch of people, cross section of uh, South Korea's population, different ages, genders, and backgrounds, and um, they're in financial straits, so they enter this game to win a lot of money. And it's like that old show, um, maybe it was a book, um, The Most Dangerous Game.
1: Yes. Remember that? Was it that yes. a book or a short story? I think it was a short story. Yes. And I'm sure, I mean, there's been versions of it made. I know there was, you know, I've seen, I can't remember the names of any of them, but I've seen movies where you know, like hunting people was Mm -hmm. the game or like I thought about the Hunger Games. It's sort of similar to that in a different way, but similar. But yes, it's not the first time we've seen a parable like this. Exactly. So, Terry, you're right. It's about hunting people. And
0: so what ends up happening is these contestants play popular children's games, but with deadly results and consequences. Right. And it's very violent. It's very graphic and very inappropriate for kids. Hence, the TVMA rating.
1: Mm.
0: But again, fifth graders are watching it. (laughs) Seventh graders are watching it. Yeah. So you watched a couple of episodes, Tara. What were your thoughts? What'd you
1: think? I don't think I'll finish it. It's a little too intense for me.
0: Player 324 eliminated.
1: I knew going into it a little bit about what it was. So I wasn't surprised when things started getting crazy. But after watching it, I was like, I- "I'm, I'm good. Like, <laughs> it's just not my, sp- it's not my thing." And Gage asked me a couple of weeks ago if he could watch it. I guess because his friends were talking about it, which is what started this whole thing. And I called him after I got that email, and I was like, "You cannot watch it." Like after I watched, it, I was like, "You cannot watch it." I was mm-hmm. like, "Absolutely not." But it's, it's a lot. It's pretty intense,
0: you know. And now it is so difficult to monitor. Adolescent kids' choices of television, mm. because you know, let's go ahead and and draw the parallel to what happened when we were kids, right? right. So back when we were kids, there were four TV channels. Like, <laughs>
1: yes, I will tell true. you,
0: I remember when Fox broadcast television started. Yeah, yeah, Fox started in my lifetime, you a um, new channel. Brand new channel. Big deal. So it went from three ABC, NBC, and CBS mm-hmm. to four. That's so right. We had four options of what to watch. And back then, you know, we would pull out our paper TV guide because we had one TV and everyone in my family, my, my brothers, my, my step siblings, we would like mark the show and circle <laughs> in the TV guide what we wanted to watch. Now this sounds like we also then got on our little covered wagons.
1: It does. It's such a contradiction to what they're doing now. Yeah. But even remembering back
0: when Netflix, they used to mail movies
1: to you. Yes, to watch. the DVDs. Yeah,
0: and back then TV went off, so we had one TV in the living room. At some point in childhood, um, we did have some smaller TVs in our bedrooms, but. TV went off. Mm -hmm. There were very limited options. Mm -hmm. And the content of the TV shows was pretty mild compared to what it
1: is now. Yeah, I mean, the FCC rules back then were way more locked down. I mean, there's stuff I see on TV today that I just can't believe It just blows my mind. That you would have never seen when we were kids. On network TV. On network TV.
0: And on top of that, we have access to all of these streaming services. Mm -hmm. And the streaming services, you have the availability of watching TV shows and there's guidance, but unfortunately you have kids like my son Mm -hmm. who go around the guidance and log in under his, under his dad's account, Mm -hmm. you know? So what is it that we can do to kind of stop them and protect them because they are so much further ahead of the curve than we are. Because again, by the time I had even
1: heard of this TV show, Squid Game, my kid had streamed all nine episodes. That is wild. Yeah. That is wild. And it's interesting because we don't have a separate login for Gage. He has his own profile that's kids on Netflix. And one of the things that we do with him is the problem is it's not just that it's on TV. He's got his own device that he can stream. And if I'm not paying attention, he could be doing that anywhere. You know, So he and I've set some ground rules about if you're watching streaming shows, it's on the TV so that I can wander in and out and see what you're up to. and Or if you're going to watch regular YouTube because you're looking for something specific, it's got to be on the big TV so I can wander in and out and see what you're up to. So we've laid some ground rules about that, but I'm not watching him around the clock. He could easily sneak out of his room at 2 a.m. and grab his iPad and be doing whatever he would like to do. You know, we've locked down as much as we can, but he's he's found ways around it before. Yeah. It's so hard. He's just, they're so much better at it than us. I couldn't have come <laughs> up with some of the things he's come up with to get around that stuff. It's wild.
0: You know, and and, and, and we, we don't want to be at a point where we are policing our kids. We want to put up the guardrails. And this is why when our kids start to get older, the double digits, it starts to get, I think, a little bit more challenging because there's so many more gray areas. Mm-hmm. When they are infants and toddlers, it is so easy to say no right, and hold those lines. Yeah. But when they are adolescents, we're trying to encourage them to start to problem solve mm-hmm. and decision make on their own. And so we start to kind of put up the guardrails, but loosen our grip on the scaffolding Mm. to let them have this agency and let them have the ability to make their own choices. And what I have found is
1: my 12-year-old just makes terrible choices. (laughs) Well, and it's, you know, they're hearing about this stuff at school. It's not like we can even guard them from knowing about the things because their friends are watching it, maybe with permission, maybe not. I don't know. But everybody, every family's got their own comfort level And so as much as I want to control him, I can't. He's out there in the world. He's going to hear things and see things that I have no control over. And this isn't new because
0: this is what we experienced also growing up. Right, Tara? Right. You know, my mother was able to set strict watching requirements or Mm -hmm. strict guidelines about what we could and couldn't watch at the house. But I had a brother that was three years older than me Mm -hmm. and lots of cousins. And so when my mom would, you know, drop us off at a movie theater to go see – Uh, PG-rated movie, they took me to see
1: Friday the 13th Part (laughs) 3. Well, we have the neighborhood kids and babysitters, and I remember, I was thinking about this, I watched Freddy Krueger when I was like Six. I mean, young, young. And it scarred me for a very long time. Yeah. It's, I mean, those big kids back then were mean, man. <laughs> they, were like, they were trying to scare us to death. Big kids, big brother. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Believe me. I know.
0: And Tara, so we can't insulate our kids. Right. We can make decisions. We can try our best to set these boundaries and hold them to them. But we know that as they are going out in the world and we're not there, they are going to, like you said, either be watching these at friends' houses Mm -hmm. who might have access to them or um, hearing about them. Mm -hmm. And so what it is, is how do we then set up sufficient guidelines to protect them and let them realize you may not be old enough to understand what you're seeing Mm
1: -hmm. and how that's going to affect and impact you? Yes. Gage and I have had conversations about that before. And I think what I also try to do is set up open conversations so that when he does go out and see things and hear things that he's not quite grasping or seems inappropriate, he has come to me before and asked me questions like, um, somebody was doing this at school or saying this or talking about this, you know, what does that even mean? Or, what? you know, so I'm, I don't know if that's going to last because he's only 11. We've got a whole you know, purview of teenager dumb coming. But I am glad that for now, he seems comfortable enough that when he finds himself witnessing or experiencing something that doesn't make sense to him or seems a little bit above his level, he's asked me questions about it. We've had conversations. Yeah. One thing that I would just
0: caution you and, and every parent to do is to understand and be mindful that the FCC um, is a regulatory body, is, is not our friend. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and they don't live in your household. So mm. when they are setting parental guidelines, um, TVMA, PG 13 or TV 13, uh, or for all audiences, that's just a generic general guideline, but it is so inapplicable to some of our kids. And I have found that there are things that are like TV 13 and above that
1: my 12 year old cannot and should not watch. Really? Yes. See, that's interesting. I think that the ratings now are way more strict than the ratings when we were kids. Really? Yes. And I'll give you examples. We went on this little quest and we're still on it because there's a ton of movies. But Jason and I both have watched old movies with Gage that we loved as kids that are PG-13. And... We're always wildly surprised at the amount of uh, curse words that are in those movies when we were kids or like kids are smoking or um, uh, like an example. I showed Gage Peter Pan, the cartoon Peter Pan when Mm -hmm. he was little and like the kids are smoking and shooting guns at each other. I'm like, what? This is a Disney movie. (laughs) Tara, have you turned on the TV this decade? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well,
0: again, like we live in um, the central time zone. So Mm -hmm. here in Texas, uh, network TV, the primetime shows come on at 7 Mm p.m., which clearly is still a time when even someone like me is awake, right? (laughs) Right. I'm still awake to watch the 7 p.m. shows. And the content on these shows, it is so racy and I think inappropriate. Yes the language that they use, the, um, the sexual content, um, the relationships, and things where I kind of have to have conversations with my kid about what
1: I would have thought were adult situations. Yeah, I could see that. I think I probably watch less network TV than you do. We're, we're more on the streaming stuff. But Gage got into Friends a little bit because I would watch it all the time. And there were some Friends episodes even that I was like, oh, we're not going to watch this one like because I knew the topics. And I didn't want to have those conversations yet. So I guess guess that's true.
0: But how is it that we're able then to monitor what our kids are watching when they do have access to getting the TV shows on certain streaming platforms through so many different devices, right? Rather than completely locking and shutting everything down and maybe password protecting. If we are going to start opening up and trusting our kids to watch appropriate shows, even when we're not around or telling them what's appropriate. Mm-hmm. What kind of guidelines would you offer to to Gage to do it?
1: Gage knows that in general, we're good for PG-13, TV-14. He knows, I have given him like the ratings that he's good up to. So he knows that. And we've allowed him pretty much to... I mean, not the entire time he's been a kid, but the last couple of years for sure. PG-13 and PG-14, TV-14 has been okay. So he knows that there's some ratings that are generally okay. And he doesn't have to double check with me.
0: Well, let me ask you. Yeah. So mm-hmm. in the TV-14 category, uh-huh. you know, he's 11. Yep. So you trust him to watch TV shows that are up to TV-14, even if that can include content that, you know, is more geared towards older teenagers
1: and adults. Yeah, I've watched, I mean, if there's one that I'm not familiar with, I mean, most of what he watches, I know what it is, right? I do have a pretty good idea. But if there's one I'm not familiar with, and he's talking about it, or we're discussing it, I'll check it out a little bit. But in general, anything I've seen at TV 14, unfortunately, most of the superhero stuff is TV 14, or um, there was a show he loved that you and I have discussed, I can't remember the name of it. But it was very generic. It was just. It was TV fourteen. So we've we've allowed for that. Mm -hmm. We've allowed for that. It's been. I have not had experience with that rating where I was like, oh god, no, that's not okay. You know, it's 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 okay for him. He watches Marvel movies, which are a little bit above grade, I think. And I think TV fourteen falls in that category for me.
0: With us, where there is kind of a a fine line is with some of the content, and and as we know, there are innuendos that are happening Mm -hmm. in some of the shows that. You know, his little adolescent mind, they're jokes on some of the TV comedies that we watch and he just doesn't get, Yeah, we get them. right. But I also don't want to, or I'm not ready to have some of the conversations explaining some of the repartee or some of the double entendres mm-hmm. that are happening. Mm-hmm. But knowing that, you know, he is going to hear about this out in the world. He can hear about it on the Google. Mm-hmm. So it is good that I'm able to either watch shows with him or to allow him to be open to watch the shows around us. What did concern us with the Squid Game Mm -hmm. was that, A, he watched it under his father's account on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And then he streamed the whole thing in a weekend, kind of knowing that he shouldn't have been doing it and Mm -hmm, did it anyway. mm -hmm. So we never had an explicit conversation like, you do not get to watch this show because A, we didn't know the show existed. Mm -hmm. And B, he had never watched something that was mature audiences. Like me, he has a very weak stomach, doesn't like horror, anything like that. Um, Really doesn't like horror movies. And his father tried to take him to um, one of those amusement park, uh, was it Halloween at the amusement park? Uh
1: Yeah. uh, uh, What is that called? Fright Nights.
0: One of the Fright Nights Mm -hmm. last no, back in 2019, I keep forgetting that 2020 pretty much didn't exist, right? Like <laughs> just to, just erase that. We didn't do anything in 2020, right? Right. But back in 2019, so when he was almost 11, he and one of his best friends went to one of the fright nights at the park, mm-hmm. and these are big kids for their age, especially Roman's friend. And Joey came home. And he was like, "These big babies." <laughs> They were clawing on to me. They were crying because at
1: the fright. There's like zombies walking around. Yeah.
0: And could not deal with it. So we knew that he couldn't deal with horror movies Mm -hmm. and he never wanted to watch them because he was afraid of the nightmares or being terrified. And just recently in the last couple of weeks, uh, my husband and son decided they wanted to watch the original Halloween, like the 1970s Halloween, the first Michael Myers. And I was like, I don't know. He's ready for this. Yeah. But he sat through it, and he didn't have nightmares. But listen, I'm still thirty years later mm. having nightmares about about Jason mm-hmm. and Freddy Krueger, right? <laughs> yes, same. I'm still not good. <laughs> no, that's never true. will be. Yeah, um, and so that's I think for me one of the things that I want to to make sure is that I'm like understanding what can happen if he is watching some of the stuff, yeah. and what it's doing to. His
1: mind. His and developing it. brain. His developing brain,
0: mm-hmm. you know. And the nightmares because at the end of the day, in the middle of the night, when he wakes up screaming, he's screaming for mommy. Yeah.
1: It's going to be you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Gage has a – we've drawn the hard and fast line on the ratings. So, Gage knows what ratings he can watch and what ratings he has to ask about. And if he's really adamant about one that is above grade, like Squid Game, and he came to me and was like, all my friends are watching it. I know it's TV mature. And I said, I'll look at it. And then I was like, no, (laughs) Mm because I just, it's just too much. But another one he asked me about was Stranger Things. And Jason and I did watch Stranger Things. I told him, I said, I said, Gage, I know that probably a lot of your friends have watched that. I go, but it's really scary. Like, it's, it's scary, scary. And I also know my kid and kind of like what you're talking about with Roman. I just know, Gage is just not ready for that. And so I try to explain to him, like, I'm doing this for you, buddy. Like, just trust me, give that a little bit more time because I've seen what makes you nervous and what upsets you. So for that one, just trust me, I've seen it. And I don't think you I don't even think you want to watch that, honestly. So he's pretty good about listening to me and he's tried it before like not a tv show but he's landed on a video that wasn't okay before and he's come in and been like uh can you make sure these videos never show up on my th-? I mean he's pretty clear, he's pretty open about what he doesn't want to get into so it's it's an interesting little exercise especially yeah. as he gets older
0: yeah and you raised the the point that i was trying to make earlier when i said don't trust the government it's not me being yeah. an anarchist it's just that the generic ratings and the parental guidance and guidelines are not a substitute for you knowing your kid. Mm-hmm. So when we ask ourselves and and when we're thinking and considering what is it that we can do to make sure that we are monitoring our kids and what they're watching and not relying on the TV ratings and parental guidelines. The one thing that I would just suggest in kind of the default position and everything where we land is... You know your kid. Mm-hmm. You know your kids better than anyone, and most likely better than they know themselves um, while they are still growing and developing. So, you know what's best for them, and you know if they are mature enough to handle or can watch certain shows. I don't think any kid is ready to see Squid Game, but I'm a grown up and I don't want to watch the rest of that show. <laughs> so, just to be clear. So, when we were preparing for this, One of the things that I was going to do was also watch Squid Game because, you know, I like to do my homework Mm -hmm. and we we said, we're going to talk about this. Mm -hmm. I watched about 12 minutes. (laughs) You didn't even get to the intense part. (laughs) So I watched 12 minutes of the first episode. Then I put it on fast forward and I saw there was like a lot of blood. And then I was like, what's this? And then I watched like four more minutes. And then I said, you know what? Let me just put on the final episode. <laughs> you skipped ahead. Oh, completely. <laughs> I am okay with it because it wasn't for me. I was like, eh. But I also knew that if I had known about that before, right. I would have had the conversation with my kid like, hey, this is not something that... Daddy and I will want you to watch, mm-hmm. and because he kind of he is a rule follower. At the end of the day, he wouldn't have watched it if we had set that boundary and parameter up first. But what he also does is he tests those boundaries,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he kind of goes between the lines. So if you explicitly say no, you cannot do this, he won't do it. But he's gonna just inch around and find his way and navigate and negotiate. All of them. he's like, well, you never said I
1: couldn't watch it, right? Didn't know it existed. I know, right. That's not a great argument when it was (laughs) a brand new show. And it just goes to show I knew about it when it hit Netflix because immediately my social media lit up with it. It was in the news. And I was like, oh, okay, that must be the next big thing. And two days later, Gage was like, hey, can I watch? I'm like, man, I mean, it's just like wildfire. And it's so hard to stay ahead of that stuff, you know? And that's why we've got like you were saying, because Gage so far, this won't last forever, but it works right now. That's where us just kind of giving him like up to here, you're good. But after that, you have to ask. And that's helped us stay ahead of that kind of stuff because he'll go like, oh, he'll look at the rating and he does it on video games. He does it on he'll come and tell me, can I get this video game? It's it's rated for teens or like, I mean, he always knows the rating because we like push that in his brain so much because it just gives us some guidelines where he feels like he's got some autonomy.
0: Yeah. One of the other things that we we can do in certain circumstances, I found is to um, with Netflix, look and see like, what are the top 10 shows? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. As soon as they come out and then I'm able to say, hey, you cannot watch any of
1: these shows. Yes, Right. Or yes, I do you that are, too. Or
0: you are able to watch this show. But again, we don't do a lot of TV. We don't do a lot of streaming services. He does a lot of YouTube and he's into watching other kids play video games. And at this point, if that's the alternative to Squid Game, I'm good with it. I
1: know Gage is, he is on that too right now. He's watching kids play Pokemon video games. I'm like, all right, if that does it for you, buddy, this annoys me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But Squid Game is not going to be the last time we have this conversation um, with our kids about what's appropriate, what's not. And in some ways, it's forcing us to be proactive in the parenting, and also to have much needed conversations in our households and in our communities about what is appropriate. And then I think at a deeper level, and this is a conversation for another day, um, why it is that this type of content resonates so deeply with our kids and why they like watching it.
1: I agree with you. I, I'm curious I'm curious about that why this one is so popular it's so wild to me
0: yeah yeah but until we can have that conversation I'm still gonna lean for and push for many more Disney movies to be shown I need a
1: lot more Disney that's <laughs> for sure but apparently yes. not Peter Pan because not he said- Peter Pan <laughs> that that movie did not age well that's all I'm <laughs> going to say he was he was so young when we watched it and like Five minutes in Jason and I were like What is going on In this cartoon Mm. (laughs) You can't have pirate children They are no good The animator apparently Was a little ahead of his time I mean I'm telling you Captain Captain Hook smokes the whole time It's crazy He's shooting people off things It's wild But also
0: So much better than Squid Game Agreed Um We are going to go ahead and wrap this conversation up with the understanding that we are at the end of another month with two months left in 2021. Looking forward to wrapping this up in the best way possible. And Tara, you have something really, really great on the horizon. In
1: just six weeks, what's happening with you? Six weeks and school is over. And you will have that MBA. I will. And I was just bragging to a friend yesterday about getting my cap and gown because I was, I forgot that the masters, you get like the cool collar with Mm. your cap and gown. And I saw a picture of it and I was like, oh, that's right. Like you look uh, fancy, like that's a fancy one. I'm very excited. We're gonna have you take lots of pictures Mm -hmm. and put it on our
0: social media accounts. And podcast family, please make sure that you stop by our IG account and give Tara some thanks and root her on as she wraps up her MBA. And as we wrap up this episode of Motherhood in Black and White, we just wanted to thank you for rocking with us another week. We will be back next week, same time, same place. Please guard your health, mental, physical, and spiritual. Take good care, podcast fam.